0: BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.
1: Welcome to your new home. I hope that you enjoy living here. I just wanted to let you know how special you are. Mrs. Craig smiled at me, then gave me a hug. Hi, my name is Tiffany. Don't forget to like, subscribe and share. Press the notification button so that you would be the first to see when new content comes out. After you have done that, go and hug your family and tell them that you love them because not everyone has a loving family. I had been back at Mrs. Silver's orphanage about a year when she called me into the office and said that someone wanted to adopt me. She said that they looked like a nice couple and they didn't have any children. I thought that, at the age of 13, nobody wanted to adopt me. Boy, was I wrong, and the thought of having my own space was surreal. That night, I had the most restful night I've had in a long time. The next day, Mrs. Silvers took me to the doctor's office, and I got some blood tests done. I had never been adopted before, so I thought it was standard procedure. As a matter of fact, I would have done anything not to be placed with a foster family again. I never knew my mom, and some days I wish she was around. And I comforted myself by thinking she probably had a good reason for giving up. Doesn't every mother? About two weeks after Mrs. Silvers told me that I was getting adopted, it was finally time for me to leave the orphanage. Hopefully, this time for good. When I got to the home of Mr. and Mrs. Craig, I was given the tour around the house. This is your room, Tiffany, Mrs. Craig said as she opened the door. But you can't redecorate it. There were portraits on the wall of a girl. She looked around 16 years old. Trophies and medals adorned the room, each one holding the name Zakia Craig. They must have lost their daughter. It made sense that Mrs. Craig wouldn't want the room to be redecorated. The next few days were simple enough. I really didn't have anything to do since Mr. and Mrs. Craig did all the housework and cooking. Mr. and Mrs. Craig even told me that I could call them mom and dad if it was something I felt comfortable doing. So I did. Every day mom told me that I was special and it really meant a lot to me after being told that I wouldn't amount to anything and that if my mom didn't want me, why would anyone else? Mrs. Craig showered me with gifts and made my favorite meals. One night, I was sitting in bed reading a book when I heard a soft knock on the door. Come in, I said. Mom came into the room bearing gifts of a tray of chocolate chip cookies and a glass of milk. She placed the tray on the nightstand. How are you enjoying it here? Mom asked as she sat next to me on the bed. I'm very happy, I said. Then she said something that sounded a bit off. You know that you're now a part of the family, and in families, we need to look out for each other. Sometimes that looks like sacrificing a part of ourselves to help other members of the family. Before I could respond, she kissed me on the forehead and exited my bedroom. The next day around 4 p.m., Mom turned to me and said, Tiffany, honey, I need you to get dressed. Dad and I have an outing that we would like to take you on. I was excited. We really had not been to anywhere besides the supermarket, and I was happy to see walls other than that of the house. We left the house around 5.15 p.m., and my excitement faded when I realized the tension that filled the space within the car. I felt as though something was wrong or was about to go wrong. After a very quiet two-hour drive, we finally pulled into the parking lot of St. Andrew's Private Hospital. I followed my parents in, and they led us to a room that held one patient. The person in the bed was hooked up to tubes and machines. I recognized her as the girl in the photo. She was Zakaya, mom and dad's daughter. I gasped. All this time, I assumed she was dead. Why didn't they ever mention her to me? A man in a long white coat walked into the room and interrupted my thoughts. The doctor said, This must be Tiffany. You are doing such a great thing. A great thing? What great thing am I doing? I asked with a puzzled expression on my face. He looked at me and said, You don't think that giving one of your kidneys to Zakaya is a great thing? Mr. and Mrs. Craig were very lucky to find a match. I placed my hand over my mouth and gasped, as my eyes grew wide in disbelief. When I did speak, my voice shook. A kidney? Nobody told me anything about a kidney. You must be mistaken. I'm Tiffany, Mr. and Mrs. Craig's adopted daughter. I'm not a kidney donor. The doctor turned to Mr. and Mrs. Craig as he completely ignored the words that were just spoken and said, We have Tiffany's room all prepared. Zakiya is able to do another surgery, so the surgery will take place tomorrow. He nodded to my parents and exited the room. Mom, please don't let them do this to me. I pleaded. Mrs. Craig was no longer the sweet, loving, adapted mom that I knew and grew to love. In her place stood a cold and harsh woman who grabbed my shoulders roughly and snarled. You have two choices, Tiffany. You can one, do the surgery, or two... Go back to the orphanage and let them put you in another foster home, and this time I'll make sure that you stay there. She let go of my shoulders and smiled at me as the nurse entered the room. Remember, we are now family, and family makes sacrifices for its members. As I sat in the hospital bed dressed in hospital garb, tears flowed, I decided to do the surgery. I did not want to go back to foster care. If giving a kidney meant that I would never have to go back, then I guess I was left with no choice." The next morning, I was wheeled into the operation room around 5 AM. After surgery, I was in and out of consciousness. From the conversations I heard, the surgery was successful and everyone thought I was such a brave little girl for doing what I did. Zakaya had been searching for a kidney match for three years and finally it happened. I also knew that I was not the only child that gave a kidney to Zakaya. About two weeks after surgery, I was allowed to go home. However, I wasn't allowed to go back to the room that I previously occupied. I was taken to a much smaller room that held a dresser, a bed and a desk and chair, and luckily a computer. I was home most of the time, alone, since the Craigs were in the hospital with Zakaya. One night, right before going to bed, I took my painkillers and settled under my blankets. I swore I saw movement outside my window, but I didn't think anything of it. I thought it was my mind playing tricks on me. I closed my eyes and drifted off into a dreamless sleep. Being home after the surgery exposed that the Craigs already got what they wanted from me. The love and affection that I once got was no longer there. Once Zakaya was in the clear, my new family completely forgot about me. It also meant that privileges such as watching TV with the family and even going out to dinner with the family was no more. I now became the outcast. This meant I spent most of my time in my room, surfing the web and watching movies. I only left my room when it was necessary. It somehow became my solitude. Once, when the Craigs went to dinner, I was in my room when I heard a tap, tap, tap coming from the window behind my drawn curtains. At first, I thought it was a figment of my imagination, but the tapping got louder and faster. My eyes grew wide, and I felt as though I was going in slow motion as I moved ahead to the curtain to see what was behind it. My hands grabbed the curtain and quickly pulled it to the side to see what was making the noise. Mr. Craig's voice behind me startled me. Tiffany, why are you still up? You should be in bed. I jumped at fright, and a short scream escaped my lips. I placed my hand on my chest to steady my racing heart. I thought I heard something coming from outside. It's probably the wind shaking the window panes. Mr. Craig smiled at me. He handed me a disposable food container and then winked at me before leaving the room. If it wasn't for the small, humane gestures of Mr. Craig from time to time, living with the Craigs would have been unbearable. Especially since Zakaya inherited her mother's charming demeanor. Over the next few months, I felt as though someone was constantly looking over my shoulder, but every time I turned around, nobody was there. So walking to and from school was quite nerve wracking. Once while heading home from school, I guess I zoned out because one minute I was crossing the road and next I was being tackled to the ground before a car zoomed past. Before I could regain my senses and think the person who saved my life, They just disappeared. One evening while watering the plants, I heard a noise from behind the tree. Now, if you are thinking that I went to check out what that noise was, I didn't. I dropped the watering can and ran inside the house. The Craigs were out for the evening, so I ran through the house frantically, making sure all the windows and doors were locked. Next, I ran into my room, locked the door, and hid into the closet. But after about 10 minutes, I heard the same tapping noise on the window behind the curtain. Tap, 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 tap. I felt as though with every second that passed, it grew louder and louder until it was the only thing that I heard. I came to the conclusion that this was how I was going to die. I gingerly opened the closet door and walked slowly towards the curtain. I expected, or rather hoped, Mr. Craig would walk in like last time, but that didn't happen. I peeked behind the curtain, and I was astonished to see what was outside my window making the tapping sound. It was a woman. My jaw dropped. It was a woman who looked just like me but of course older. She wore a black coat with a hoodie. Mustering all my courage, I moved the curtain to one side and looked at the reflection of myself outside the window. The woman smiled and I noticed tears swell in her eyes. Hi, Tiffany. She said, I'm your mother. She said she got pregnant when she was 16. On the day that her baby was born, her mother placed the baby up for adoption. She said that she had been looking for me for years, but every time she found me, I had already left the foster care I was in. It was a lot to take in. After our nightly cap by my bedroom window, she said goodbye and that she would see me soon. Over the next few weeks, my mother and I got acquainted. We knew that they would never award her full custody of me since she did not make enough money. After three years of being mistreated, I ran away from the Craigs and went to live with my mother. That night, while slipping out of my bedroom window, Mr. Craig entered my room. I was frozen with fear, thinking he would raise an alarm. He smiled at me and nodded, and I smiled back, and I slipped out the window to go meet my mother. Nobody came after me or came looking for me. No alerts were put out. It seemed as though I became a ghost. I had been living with my mother about seven years when we were heading out of town. Along the way, we saw a crowd along the road, and we found out that there was an accident. My mom and I stepped out of the car because the road was blocked, so we couldn't pass anyway. As they were placing people on the stretchers, I recognized that it was the Craigs. I really had mixed feelings about this. On one hand, I wanted to be empathetic, but on the other hand, I was like karma was serving her dish today. Then my thoughts ran on about Mr. Craig and how he made my stay a little better while I lived with him. I asked a paramedic which hospital they were being taken to. Once I got my answer, I asked my mom if we'd go to the hospital and she said no problem. When we got to the hospital, we entered and spoke with the receptionist. My mother told her that we were family with the Craigs and that we would like to be updated on their status as soon as possible. The receptionist nodded and asked us to wait in the waiting area. After about three hours, a doctor came out. Family members of the Craig family, he said. My mom and I stood up and answered, yes. I'm sorry to say that we lost Nakaya and Juliet in surgery, he said. How is Mr. Craig? I blurted out, he'll be fine. We had to put pins in his legs. He has two broken ribs and a mild concussion, but he will be okay. You can come back tomorrow when he's allowed visitors, the doctor said. My mother and I thanked him and exited the hospital. The next day, we visited the hospital and I walked in with flowers for Mr. Craig. He apologized for what his wife did to me all those years ago and he thanked us for coming by to visit him. That one visit turned out to be many visits. My mom and I helped Mr. Craig any way we could, including helping him to and from therapy once he got out of the hospital. He and my mom got close and five years later, they are about to get married my life may not have started off the best, but it's not where you start. It's where you allow yourself to end up. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar.